welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. Uh, this is a podcast that we've been carrying on for quite some time here. My name is Kevin Clark. I'm a member of the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. And I have with me uh, Bob Hutto, who's the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ. And as we have mentioned several times, we have really enjoyed working our way through the book of Ephesians. Uh, God's Word is just chock full with nuggets of wisdom and understanding. And it's just a pleasure to be able to work together to bring that out to you as the audience, we hope that you have been following along, and we know that you've been benefited because the Word of God never returns to him void. There's always benefit to hearing and learning and uh, saturating ourselves with God's Word. <clears throat> we want to, as we forgot to do last time, we want to thank uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend. Uh, they're two of our deacons here who are responsible for this program that we have, and their efforts are invaluable. We could not do this without them, and so we appreciate them. We appreciate their families who sacrifice and give up at uh, the time that they could be doing other things with them, they're here with us. They always make sure that we have a good program. It's well produced. And just want to thank them uh, as many times as we can. You have some introductory remarks, Bob? Well, not really. Just uh, echo what you said about Jason and Mark. They do a great <clears throat> job. Uh, if you can hear us at home, it's because they you know, they tell us you need to get yeah. closer to the mic. Yeah, or, that's true. Or, you know, you... You need to center yourself a little <laughs> bit better, which is great. That's the instruction we that need we that. need because we, need we kind that. of lose yeah. track of that sometimes, and and we want to be able to communicate our, our message to, to everybody in a way that, that they can hear it and understand mm-hmm. it, and maybe that'll benefit them. So Amen. we appreciate their great work. Well, <clears throat> as we said, we've been in Ephesians chapter 6, and last time we looked at fathers, and you know, it's just one of those subjects It's hard to do it justice in one sitting. So there are a few additional thoughts that we'd like to bring out to you about fathers before we move on in the text. And, and one of the things that, that um, really struck me, and one of the things I want to talk about, is how we look at our children uh, as fathers. And, and I say that because I've run across this uh, viewpoint that seems to see that children as an impediment, children are a burden, children uh, stop you from fulfilling your dreams and your desires and there are things in life that you would do but for the children and you've got some families now who make the deliberate decision we don't want to have children because that would interfere with some of our goals our professional goals or goals we have economically and uh, for those uh, kinds of thoughts I want to direct your attention to something that that's very near and dear to my heart and that's Psalm 127 verses 3 through 5 Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5. Listen to how God describes children. He says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. And I tell you from this, you don't pick up that children are a burden that they're an economic drain, that they're somehow an impediment to your fulfillment. No, children are a gift from God. They're a heritage from God. God has entrusted these minds, these these souls into our charge, and we have the opportunity to have really, if you think about it, the greatest influence on them that we can have on any other human being, including your wife. And the reason being is your wife comes to you as a fully formed human being. These children we have, we get them from the womb, and we have the opportunity to mold and shape their values and their viewpoint and their perspective, and there's no one that we have more uh, influence over than our kids. So I love the fact that we are said, yeah, the 
person who has his quiver full of them, that man is happy. Uh, the children of one's youth are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. Uh, these are things that are beneficial. These are things that are a blessing. And I think if we start our fatherhood with that notion, that idea that God has blessed me with children that I have the privilege of serving as a father for, that's going to change your viewpoint. That's going to change how much time you spend with them. It's going to change what you do with that time. It's going to change the intentionality of your raising because you realize how precious these souls are. And so you're going to devote a lot of time, a lot of attention, a lot of energy because you realize God has entrusted these children to you as a father. That's right. So uh, that psalm begins in verse 1. Yeah. Unless the Lord builds the house. The family is the house, isn't it? Yeah. The house is the family. So yep. unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So we talked last time about mm-hmm. how the Bible gives us direction and guidance on how to build our house. Right. And so we have our our wives. Our wives have husbands. You have children. And you're building that house mm-hmm. according to the blueprint that the Lord provides for us. And if we do that, well, then it'll be a great blessing Amen. for us. And so I think that's that's a very valuable way of looking at it. I'm glad you brought that out. Look at the very next psalm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Right. When you shall eat the fruit of your hands, you'll be happy. It will be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful mm-hmm. vine within your house. Your children like olive plants around your table. Behold, for thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. And so again, Amen. The idea of having children is a blessing. That's right. And so you have these children and they're around your table and yeah. you're enjoying that. Absolutely. And communing with each <laughs> other and having, you know, talking about their lives and what's going on. Right. And, just enjoy, and, and, and so there'll be like olive plants that refresh you and nourish you right. sitting around your table and you, you benefit from they oh, benefit. Absolutely. It's just that mutual benefit that we give to each other. Amen. I just when I I got a smile on my face. I genuinely enjoy my children. <laughs> I, I enjoy spending time with my children. It's just one of the greatest blessings that God has given to us. And um, you know, for for people not to understand that is a real shame, because if it's done right, it is such a wonderful relationship. It's reciprocal, as you said. The children benefit, but the parents benefit. The children grow, but the parents grow. And so, just such an important thing for us to think about. Another concept that I wanted to build upon a little bit, and I think we touched on it last time, is how much the father is to control and and set the tone in the environment of the family. And I thought about this from the standpoint of the qualifications of elders and deacons. We we made quick reference to this, but let's actually go to the passage of 1 Timothy chapter 3. And and I love this, this point that's made. This is one of the qualifications of an elder. If you don't do this or haven't done this, you're not qualified. In 1 Timothy 3, verse 4, he says, One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Again, you have some thoughts nowadays where people think, well, you know, parents need to be very careful and not put their thumb on the scale and not kind of shepherd their kids one way or the other just kind of let the kids develop on their own and do their own thing this is not what you see in first timothy chapter three he talks about ruling your house you have control over your house you have authority over your house and this authority is recognized and he says you can rule it well which means what you can also rule it not well 
And so it's important for us as fathers to set the tone for the family. Whenever I see, Bob, a dysfunctional family, when I see a family that has bickering and fighting and uh, just uh, disrespect, a lack of love, you know who is primarily responsible for that? That's the father. Because again, he says the father controls the environment. So if you don't like the family that you don't you have now, you don't like the environment, you don't like the atmosphere, look in the mirror. That's who's responsible. I understand everybody's a free moral agent. I understand everybody has their role and their place to, to play. But the Bible says we have an outsized role as fathers in setting the tone. He expects us to rule our house. So we're going to have to set down rules. We're going to have to make decisions. We're going to have to discipline. We've talked a little bit about that. Probably could talk some more about the role of discipline. That's another thing we see nowadays where kids are not being disciplined the way that they should. They don't have the respect for authority they should, and that starts in the home. But this point of I have a responsibility of ruling my household, that's a God-given responsibility. And I know somebody will say, well, this is talking about elders, similar concept for deacons. If you go down in verse 12, let deacons be the husbands and one wife ruling their children in their own house as well. And you may say, well, that's if I want to be a deacon, if that's why I want to be an elder. Doesn't apply to an average Christian. No, 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 no. We understand that these characteristics, especially the traits that talk about our character, these are the characteristics that all Christians are to have. All Christian men ought to rule their own households well. All Christian men ought to rule their children. All uh, Christian men ought to bring their children up in the training and admission of the Lord whether I'm seeking to be an elder or a deacon. And so I like the concept of us having control. That's intentional. You can't let them go their own way. They need the guidance. They need the training. They need the instruction. They need the admonition. Well, the idea that I'm just going to uh, sort of uh, be neutral in the raising of my children, yeah. kind of let them develop on their <laughs> own and make their own mind up about things, right. especially about religion. And right. then when they get old enough to choose one religion or another, right. just let them go their own way completely opposite to what the Bible has to say. So we talked about De Deuteronomy chapter 6 right, last right. week a little bit. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your sons. Mm -hmm. You Don't just teach them. Right. Teach them Diligent. diligently. Yeah. And so the Lord is uh, very clear that parents, specifically we're talking about fathers, right. have a responsibility to train their children. Amen. And uh, to uh, to diligently teach them, uh, talked about uh, the qualifications for elders and their role in the family, and, and sort of a proving ground for the eldership. Right. You know, if you can't manage your own household, how are you going to manage Absolutely. the household of God? You know, the ch the church of God. Right. Uh, but uh, Ephesians six and verse four is not directed toward men who right. are aspiring to the office of, of elder. This is to all Christian all fathers. Right. Fathers. Don't provoke your children to anger, but bring mm -hmm. them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We did. We alluded to Colossians chapter three mm -hmm. last week, mm -hmm. but similar passage, verse uh, twenty-one: Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they don't lose heart. Right. So there's a positive and a negative there. You know, mm -hmm. you you bring them up. That's the mm -hmm. positive instruction. There are some things to watch out for, not to do. Don't exasperate your children. Don't be overly critical of them. Right. And so you have to correct, but you don't break the spirit of a child right. uh, because that, that doesn't produce good results. And so we want to bring them up in the nurture and admonition or discipline and instruction of the Lord. At the same time, we want to uh, build, you know, build their confidence, build right. their self-esteem and right. their, 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 their self-worth and, um, and not exasperate them or provoke them to anger. 
you know, and then I like the, the concept too, training. And when I think about training, anybody who's been an athlete understands the idea of training. You go to practices, there's certain skill sets that you go over time and time again. They're repetitive and you want to get them ingrained. Well, think about that in the concept, uh, in the context of raising a child. Fathers, you need to train your children. Well, what does that mean? Well, first of all, you got to determine what are the traits, what are the characteristics that are necessary to be pleasing to God? Uh, things like self-control, things like humility, things like love for others, things like love for God, things like a love for God's work. These are, you've got to think about what are the traits that I'm trying to develop in this child? And then what am I going to do to try to cultivate those? Well, if I'm trying to get him to love the word of God, then I'm going to take him to services, right? And I may take him to extra service. I may take him to gospel meetings. I may sit down and study. I may have Bible classes in my own home with him and discuss some things, just things that are designed to reinforce the importance of that self-control. I may uh, have uh, punishments if he doesn't exhibit self-control or she doesn't. I may model those principles. I may talk to them about, hey, on this particular occasion, you didn't show the self-control that's needed. But the idea of training is a repetition and there's certain traits we're trying to cultivate. And that, again, is very intentional. That's not letting the child develop on his or her own. But I'm trying to develop something. And I'm developing something not in my own image and what I want. I'm developing what God wants me to develop. Godly servants of his. And so I've got the blueprint. What is it I'm trying to do? What's in this word? I'd also maybe add to that by saying that you know our children are watching us. Yes, They're watching yes. us when we're not aware that they're watching mm -hmm. us. And so we're leaving an impression upon them. Now, we do it in, intentionally and deliberately. We try to impress them. Right. But there are times when maybe we, we're not thinking about, you know, intentionally, primarily, what effect is this going to have on my ch yeah, child? Yeah. And yet we are having an effect on our child. Right. And so we've got to be in the home, in our own personal behavior, what we're encouraging our children Absolutely. to be. Absolutely. I'll get, just give you a little uh, example of that from my own own experience. So my dad, um, we growing up, we would see him. Uh, he's he's sitting around in, in the den, wherever right. we lived at the time. And, and he's reading. He's uh -huh. reading something in preparation for a Bible class, right. or he's reading a book in preparation for a sermon, or just for his own, his own study. Right. He, he would get religious periodicals and material in the mail. And, you know, they would be laying around the house on the mm -hmm. kitchen table or or in the den. My mother would get a little exasperated at him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you need to pick up your stuff. Well, and the effect that that had on us is that we saw that. It was out where we as children, we could see that. Right. And we could see that, well, this, mm -hmm. we may not have thought it through uh, on the surface in this way, but we could see this is important to him. Right, right. We spend a lot of time on this. Right. He puts a lot of effort mm -hmm. into this. And that makes an, impression makes an impression on a child. Absolutely. If they never see that, right? If if the only time they hear us talk about Bible study or see us involved in Bible study is when we're talking about it, right? You know, that's we need to talk about it, but they need to see us actually engaged in those things. Amen. At times when we're not aware that they're looking. Absolutely. And uh, that'll that'll have a, a strong impression on them. You know, when I, I couldn't help but think about that Proverbs twenty two six, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. What you're saying, that influence and how it's long lasting. I think about my father. And one of the things that jumps out to me is how he consistently put God first. And I remember we knew that, you know, I was playing tennis one time and we had a, a church meeting. It was a Wednesday night Bible study. 
and I was trying to get that that tennis match in before my dad came. And lo and behold, I'm playing doubles with my best friend, and I look up, and here comes that old lime green Chevy Nova, and I know what it means, and we're in the middle of the match. And, you know, most people would say, well, finish the match. And my dad was like, we're going to Bible study. Right. So we had to forfeit the match. You know, and those are small things like that. I still remember that, and it's helped me as a, fa- as a father with my children to try to model the same principles of putting God first. So as you said, it's amazing the influence that a father can have for good or for ill. Right. And so we want to make sure that that influence is for good, and we want to be intentional about that influence. You know, the other, the other side of it is, uh, you know, a child grows up, well, my dad always said this, yeah. but he really didn't mean it because I saw him exactly. do this. Yes. He said one thing, yes. but he did another thing. Yes. And that, that's going to communicate something Absolutely. to our children as well. And so they're watching, they're learning mm-hmm. for good or for ill. So we, we have to be aware of that and be consistent in our behavior, make sure our verbal message Amen. and our behavioral message are consistent with each other. And, and I hope as we give this message, we're not trying to scare anybody away from being a father. Being a father is a <laughs> wonderful thing. It's a blessing. And, and, and yes, it's a serious situation, a serious responsibility. But here's the nice thing. God has given us every tool that we need to be successful in that endeavor as in any other endeavor where he calls us to do something. So be encouraged by that. Be encouraged that God is giving you this great blueprint for how you can be the best father for your children that you can be. We can all do it. Love your children. You know, maybe maybe it just boils yeah. down to that. Yeah. Love, love your children. We're all going to make mistakes. You know, I've made lots of mistakes. Yeah, I have too. But I always thought uh, that if my children knew that I loved them, Amen. Uh, they can they can put up with a mistake. Right. You know, a, a mistake here or there. Um, uh, you know, maybe a, uh, an error in judgment mm-hmm. or punish them too harshly mm-hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. Or something. Okay, mm-hmm. they, they can endure that. They can they can put up with that if they know. They may think, well, I think my dad missed it, but I know he loves me, That's it. and I know he's got my, you know, my well being in mind. And Amen. so they, you know, love cover love covers a multitude of, it does. of sins. Amen. Covers, covers a lot of mistakes as well. So <laughs> <laughs> love your children. Amen. Looks like we're well out of time. Sorry about that. This is an exciting and very important topic, a lot to be said, and we haven't covered the waterfront yet, but uh, we'll bring this episode to a close. And as we always do, want to end with a word of prayer. Bob, you'd lead us in prayer. We appreciate it. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful that we can be your children, that, that you are our Father. You're the perfect Father, Father, that, that uh, you uh, love us, and that you have our uh, success and best interest in mind as you give us direction. Uh, we trust you, Father, that uh, we'll, uh, as we do your will, that things will go well for us. And Father, we may not always understand why you've instructed us in the way that you have, other than we know that it's because you love us. Our Father, help us as fathers to look to you as the model father who loves his children and provides for his children and disciplines his children in the appropriate way. And Father, help us learn from from you and from our experience with you and through your word what we ought to be. We're so thankful, Father, for our human relationships, our family relationships, the relationship we've had with our mother and father, the relationship we have with husbands and wives and with parents and children. And Father, we pray that we will look to you, that we will implement your word, that we will build the house according to your plan and that it will be
good for us as parents and for the well-being, especially, Father, the spiritual well-being of our children. We ask you to, uh, to lead us in the way that we ought to go. Deliver us from evil. Keep us from temptation. Give us wisdom and insight to know uh, what choices to make. Help us to see, Father, uh, the good benefit of our decisions and also the harmful consequences of making bad decisions. And Help us to always uh, instill in our children a love for you and devotion to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.